All right, everyone, welcome to the first episode of the Lunatics Asylum podcast. Of course, my asylum. I'm Lunatic. So, um, of course, this is the first episode. Hopefully, everything goes well. <laughs> and as anyone who follows me on, on Twitter knows, I'm a huge fan of Zack Snyder. So how about let's start off with him. That's right. Let's start off with Zack freaking Snyder and his cut of Justice League. I watched it when it released back in March. And that is a 10 out of 10 star movie. 10 out of 10 stars movie. That movie was so freaking good. I can watch it over and over and over again. My only problem with it is that well, it's four hours, so it's hard to fit in that time into my day. Four hours straight, I prefer to watch movies at night, especially the good ones. I can't just turn on a movie and like not sit down and give it my full attention, especially not one this freaking good. Like If I'm trying to get stuff done during the day, I turn it on. I'm not getting anything done because I want to sit down and watch it. So that's why it's that's why it's so hard to do, or to just watch over and over and over. But if I could, I would. I got, I'd have it on right now, here on my TV. So, but that aside, it was a great movie. Probably one of the best movies I've ever seen, especially in the comic book department. I mean, Snyder knows DC. He's a fan. He knows what he's doing. And that is a good thing, without a doubt. Anyway, so I guess deep diving into the movie, um, I don't know really what else to say, except, well, of course, it starts off with BVS, Superman's death, which is a great place to start off. Because that movie really set up the Justice League movie. It gave Batman a reason to form the Justice League. Also gave him an ally, the third Trinity member, Wonder Woman, Diana, Pri- Diana Prince. So I feel like that was really important. And the slow motion on it, I don't give a crap. I love slow motion when it's needed. Like flash scenes, it's needed. That moment there, it's needed. It's for emphasis. As a director, I get it. Well, future director. Getting ready to go on my first project. You'll have to check that out in August. Anyway. But the story it tells compared to Justice League from 2017, they're different. It's the same bad guy, sort of. But... It's not. The story is 100% different. The only the only thing they have in common are the same main characters, like the, the same protagonist and main villain of the movie. But Snyder's Justice League goes so much deeper. It gives you a little bit of an origin story, just a little bit of an origin story for Victor Stone, a.k.a. the Cyborg. 
it gives you a little bit, or, yeah, it does go in a little bit to Barry Allen's story as The Flash with Iris West. Um, of course, we already know Batman from the previous movie. We know Wonder Woman from BVS and her solo film. Um, Superman's dead at the beginning of the movie. Um, we got a small tease of Aquaman in BVS and a little bit of him here at the beginning with Bruce. So we get a little taste of all of these newer characters. Which is supposed to set up solo films that, well, we didn't get for two characters. Flash and Cyborg, we're about to get one, not the other though. Which is another thing. Warner Brothers, rehire Ray Fisher. That's for dang sure. Anyway, Snyder's Justice League wasn't like a one and done movie. It was like, oh yeah, here, here's the Justice League. They did this. Now they want to move on with their lives. Maybe reunite again. No. It told you they're going to do it again. With Martian Manhunter coming in. Like, hey, this ain't it. Um, Green Lantern was supposed to show up, but obviously didn't. Um, not to mention, the way it just ends with Darkseid, Facade, and Granny Goodness there, looking through the like the boom tube onto Earth at the Justice League, and the Justice League looking back on them. That right, that, that right there tells you this isn't the end of the story. But unfortunately, to some people it is. But the people like myself, there's so much more, and we need a second. We need a sequel, and a sequel to the sequel. We need a cyborg movie, but I'll get into that, all that good stuff later. Keeping it on the Snyder Cut, the action was amazing. The, all the actors did great. My only complaint is Ezra Miller's Flash. I feel like he's not Barry Allen. I think he's Wally West more than he is Barry Allen, but I still like the character. It's a different take. I mean, I personally like Grant Gustin better, but he's got the TV show. He has his own little universe to, or his own huge universe, actually, to, to worry about. So we'll leave him over there. I'll take Gazer Miller. He does, a, he does a good job, brings something new to the table for Barry Allen. Um, of course, I love Ben Affleck, Batman, not my favorite, but he's a great Batman. He knows how to put Batman into our world, into the real world. Same with Cavill, with Superman, Godot, with um, Wonder Woman. I think Ray Fisher was the perfect fit for Cyborg. I mean, yeah, I mean, so he's not running around going, booyah, 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 hey, baseball, hey, I want some pizza. You know, it's, this isn't Teen Titans Go. This is the freaking Justice League. He's going more serious. This is a more grown-up Cyborg. Even though in most Teen Titans cases, he's been a bit older. But this this is not Teen Titans Go, all right? He's not a huge goofball. He's serious. Ray Fisher captures that perfectly. Jason Momoa is Aquaman. I loved it. Is Aquaman probably one of the most made fun of DC characters of, like, all time. But Jason Momoa, Jason Momoa, he freaking... He freaking brings the cool to Aquaman. He made Aquaman cool. And that's why he needs to he needs to stay Aquaman. Alright? He's the You can't recast him. 
they really shouldn't recast any of the any of these guys. They're all great. They're all great at what they do here in the Justice League movie and for some of them in their own solo films. So why would you go and recast? You have a great Batman, possibly one of the best. We'll see in a solo film, I hopefully. Um, you have probably the best Superman. Um, you have by far the best Wonder Woman. You have a great Flash, an amazing actor too, playing the Flash. Um, you have as good as you're going to get with a cyborg without hiring a real-life cyborg, which doubt those, exi- those even exist. And you have, like, the perfect Aquaman. This guy may not look like your typical comic book Aquaman, but he brings that, that, that coolness, that cool factor. Like, he brings... Like, he makes Aquaman great. You can actually fear this Aquaman. This Aquaman isn't just some guy to be made fun of like Cockeye in the Marvel movies. This guy is the real deal. That's exactly what we need here, is the real deal Aquaman. So, I mean, and that's the, that's just the Justice League. Also, so going off of there, um, Steppenwolf was amazing. Way better than the original one from, or I guess not the original, the bad one. Because technically this one would be the original. Well, the theatrical one. Joss's one. Warner Brothers one. Um, he really wasn't that great in Joss's League. Now, in the Snyder Cut, I could actually fear him. I could actually... Him. He looked like a bad guy. And then we had Darkseid, the side, and Granny Goodness. Granny Goodness didn't have a single line. Intimidating. Intimidating. The sod. He 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 sounds like a pretty um like a pretty good villain. Just his voice and like the just a little bit we got of him in the Snyder Cut. He sounds like someone to be feared. Um, same with Darkseid. He just looks like it. Sounds like it. Ray Porter did amazing voicing Darkseid there. And now, so, I mean, keep these guys. Keep telling these guys a story. I want to see more of these heroes and villains' story. Give that to us. The fans want it. All right? Anyway. Keeping it on the Snyder Cut, for one last thing. That flash scene that Warner Brothers wanted to cut out. Warner Brothers wanted to cut that scene out. How? You don't understand the flash. Clearly. That scene. Like, that kind of made up for a little bit of goofiness of this Barry Allen flash. Because he just saved Justice League's butt. And that's what I love about um, the Snyder Cut compared to Whedon's Cut. Whedon's Cut is like, Superman shows up, saves the day. He's the Justice League's ace in the hole. Mm, it shouldn't be that way. Otherwise, Superman can just go out and do, do all this on his own. So, in Snyder's Cut, 
Batman brings the team together. Um, Wonder Woman pretty much leads the team. Um, let's see. Cyborg is tearing apart the things. He's tearing apart the mother box and trying to stop the unity from happening. Superman comes in, saves Cyborg's life from Steppenwolf, and is like, yeah, I'm not impressed. Like, Steppenwolf, that all you got? And then the Flash, after that, after the Unity forms and kills almost everyone, he's able to stop it, reverse it, save everyone's life right there. So that just... So now, every member of the Justice League seems to have a purpose. They saved one another in that film. It's like, they all have a reason for being there now. Unlike in Justice League. So thank you, Snyder, for actually making these characters feel important. And moving on to the opposite universe. Let's go over to Marvel and talk about the MCU in general. I'm not a Marvel fan. I mean, I like Marvel, don't get me wrong. But DC will always be ten times better. It always will. They're the superior. They're superior to Marvel. Just because Marvel is winning in the movie slot doesn't mean they're completely better than DC. DC is beating them in video games, comic books, television, and what is the other category? Is there another good category? Comic books, video games, TV. I don't know if there's another category. I feel like there was. Oh, yeah, movies. Movies are not beating them in, but they can. They have, and they can. And hopefully, they will. So, yeah, Marvel, Marvel's only winning in that one, one spot. All right? That does not mean they're superior to DC in every way. They're clearly not. They're only winning in one spot. If you... Let's put it this way. In the NBA, the playoffs... In the NBA tournament, you have to win the majority of seven games. It's the best of seven in order to move on to the next round. Okay? If one team is up three to one, like if one team has three wins, another team has one win. All right? So let's say the Lakers have three wins. The Nets have one win. That does not mean the Nets are better. They may have won. They have won their one game by a larger margin than the, than the Lakers won their three, any of their three. But that does not mean the Nets are better than the, than the Lakers because the Lakers still have three wins. That is still three that the, yeah, that is still three that the Nets need to make up for. Therefore, just because Marvel can check one box does not mean whatsoever that they can check all four boxes. Now, I'm not taking anything away from them. They still have great characters, great stories. I mean, especially with the X-Men, comic book-wise. So, 
I'm not hating on Marvel exactly. I just don't think they're everything that a lot of people believe them to be just because they're dominating movies. Which, I mean, they've had their ups and downs. They've had great movies like Infinity War, and they've had bad movies like The Dark World, which I still liked. People, Other people just did, which I guess is a thing for me. People loved Endgame. People went nuts for Avengers Endgame. I was like, eh. Infinity War was so much better. That was way better. I mean, the best part of Endgame for me was basically, or pretty much, when Cap picked up the hammer. When pa- when Steve Rogers wheeled him you in air. Proved he was worthy. That was it. Heck, if you wanted me to watch Endgame, I would not watch it with you until he picked up that hammer and watch till the end. That I mean, Avengers Endgame to me is too long for only that much of it to be good. You know, I know a lot of you are gonna be like, well, you like the four hour long slider cut. Endgame's only three hours. Okay. But the slider cut tells way more story and has a lot more character development in it. It's just overall better for the four hours of it that they get to sit through and watch compared to Endgame. Endgame, I feel like I've been there for three hours, and I'm like, I am glad that's done. Slider Cut, I sit there all four hours, I'm like, that was four hours? There's no way. There's still three, at least three hours left of this movie, right? Nope, the credits are rolling, it's over. Wow, that sucks. I could sit down and watch another four hours. Another four hours of Zack Snyder's Justice League. That's how good it was to me. Now, some of you, you may not like it. You may not like that it's still long. All right? That's okay. But I don't think that should matter. If the story is good, if the actors are doing their job right, if they are acting well, if their acting is good, and the story is good, then the length of the movie should not matter. The only time the only time length of the movie should matter is when you're trying to find a time to watch it. Alright? If you need to get up at three in the morning and you're just laying down at like ten o'clock at night to like watch the movie, yeah, that that you really shouldn't watch. You need to time that better. Otherwise, you're going to be up until 2 watching it, and then you only get an hour of sleep, and well, that sucks for you. Who knows? Maybe that works for some people. It really wouldn't me. Anyway, I, keeping it on the MCU here, they're doing great. They are on fire right now. Again, don't think Endgame was as great as everyone says, but I still think it was good. I just don't think it deserves quite all the hype it gets. Um... And after Endgame, they're doing really good. They did Far From Home. Spider-Man. I thought that was an amazing movie. I mean, not on my top list, but that was a really good Spider-Man movie. I liked it. Especially with Mysterio, the whole hint of the multiverse. The multiverse. Um, MJ like figuring it out with that Peter is Spider-Man. I liked that. Um, and then... Their next film was, or not their next film, but their next, like the next part of 
the MCU came in the form of a series, one division. It was kind of boring at first. Episode four got me in. That's the one where they went out of one division into like the outside world. That I liked. That's what actually got me into it. I was almost done with it. I was almost like, you know what? This is bad. I'm done. Then I watched episode four. I'm like, I'm back in. It kind of got better from there. I like Wanda's new suit. I like the previous one. I just think it looked better. I think it looked more real, more realistic, where this one's a little more comic booky, but at the same time, they toned down the red. They made it darker, so that helps a lot. Um, so then we come back for about, what, one, two months later with Falcon the Winter Soldier. I honestly thought this would be more of... How do I put it? Kind of like Batman versus Superman, maybe? It, it'd be more like, um, well, sort of. It'd be like Bucky and Sam fighting to become Cap. Where, well, that really wasn't it at all. But I still liked it. Again, after the first episode, I was like, I'm not too sure how I feel about this second episode. I'm like, all right. All right. It's, pick, it's picking up some momentum for me. And then by the end, I'm like, I need more episodes. And that Sam Captain America suit was so freaking awesome. I can't wait for Captain America 4 with, with Sam Wilson as Cap. Ho hopefully Bucky's in that. I mean, that Cap suit was really awesome. The Falcon wings, and I mean, it's Cap, but it's Falcon, you know? So that was really cool. All right. So now we're going on over to Loki, which released like just two weeks ago, I believe, almost three. Um, first episode to me, I feel like it reflected a lot of Legends of Tomorrow. I mean, you got these um these timekeepers, um these like time police force kind of, or like you know people trying to like fix time in some way based in the far future. Um, you know, it's just, I mean, even the portals kind of reminded me of a lot of Legends of Tomorrow. They have, like, this one goofy, likable hero, yet villain, similar to Legends of Tomorrow, where you have a bunch of likable heroes and a couple villains. So I just find it... Oh, and another one. You have this one guy that works for these timekeeper people, these time police almost, that like unites some stuff with this likable hero villain. So, you know, it reflects Legends of Tomorrow a lot. And so far, I've only seen episode one. I was kind of stopped there. And I was like, I'll wait for three to come out and watch two and three together. So I'm getting like, the, like a double on there. Maybe that'll help. I just feel like I'd rather watch Legends, a more fun show with a lot more action, like those bar fights and stuff, and a, a greater cast, more familiar cast than Loki right now. But we'll see after I go and watch episode two and three on Wednesday after it releases. So, yeah, that's really Marvel right now. I mean, we got um, Doctor Strange coming out. Multiverse of Madness, um, in about a year, I think, we have Spider-Man No Way Home coming out later this year, Eternals coming out later this year, 
Marvel is stacked for the next couple years. And I I'm liking that. Um, I'm really excited for Hawkeye, She-Hulk, Hawkeye especially. I hope they kind of do like an arrow kind of thing with it, kind of give like kind of like that same vibe, a little bit, because I really like Archer heroes. I love archery. I just think it's really cool. So hopefully Hawkeye doesn't disappoint. Anyway, I'm I'm hyped for No Way Home. I hope it. It looks like it's gonna be a Spider Verse movie, sort of. So I think that'll be really interesting. I hope um, Daredevil's in it, kind of acting as Peter's lawyer. Like a lot of the rumors you've probably heard about are like these like little teaser things, like fake teasers. I hope it's a, I hope it's along the same lines as those are going on, because that is like the best thing they can do for the fans right now. I mean, you don't want to be predictable, but at the same time, if these are like what the fans are really wanting. They're getting all hyped for this. You, you got to deliver, you know? You got to deliver on that. And Marvel, they've done a phenomenal job at delivering on all this stuff. So hopefully they don't do what DC's been doing and just kind of, well, don't deliver. Because that, that would honestly kind of suck for Marvel. You know, you just have like all this great momentum. So much great momentum, too. And then it all just stops because the fans really didn't get what they thought they were getting. Anyway, so moving on from there, we got um what I'm going to call Movie of the Day. We were in a movie every single episode. It doesn't have to be recent. It can be like old, dating all the way back to the dawn at movies. Or it could be one that just came out. So today we're going with a more recent one. We're going with Army of the Dead. We're only going to spend a few, a couple minutes on this. Army of the Dead. Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. That was an amazing movie. It's got the time loop theory. It's got aliens, zombies, heist. They freaking Batista. Um... It is just so much. I'm pretty sure I even left some things out there. Like the zombie tiger. It was so much in one movie. Two and a half hours. Again, I could watch another two and a half hours of that movie. That's the thing about Zack Snyder. He makes these movies that by the time they're over, you want more. Zack Snyder is the perfect director to direct a movie and then go make it sequel and the sequel to that. Because that's what he does. He leaves you wanting more. Now, for some people, that's not the case. Well, that's probably because you don't like his directing style, like his visuals, the exact story he does, um, the way he makes his characters. Like, I think in most, I think it's a trend in his movies to where some jerk dude gets what he deserves. Kind of like, or just like Army in the Dead, where this guard guy had been assaulting women at the um at the camps so coyote lily lily the coyote just kind of came in shot him was like here zombies you have them so i really like that i like that they get what, what they deserve and man of steel that truck driver got what he deserved so i really like that from snyder i like that he does that 
it's really cool to see. Anyway, sticking with Army of the Dead, that movie, it's just so much. I'm excited for Las Vegas animated series. I'm excited for Army of Thieves. I'm excited for Army of the Dead 2. I really hope we get that. And I'm, I'd be really excited to see it. Anyway, we'll be back after this quick break. All right, here, and welcome back to the Lunatics Asylum podcast. So, moving on here to our next topic. I'm going with, or we're going with, the Snyderverse. One of my favorite things to talk about. Zack Snyder's DC Universe, a.k.a. the Snyderverse. And... I'm a huge fan of what Snyder's done with DC so far. Man of Steel, BVS, like I talked about earlier, Zack Snyder's Justice League, um, Wonder Woman he was involved in, that clearly plays into it. Um, I still honestly think that Aquaman plays into it. Um, Suicide Squad's supposed to, but as we all know, there is the air cut out there somewhere. So hopefully that will be released and can officially join the Snyderverse. So here's the thing. I want it. I want it to be restored. So badly. And here's my reason why. Zack Snyder began to tell a story. And then he just got cut off right in the middle. Imagine, imagine this. Imagine reading a book, alright? It's a really intriguing book. You're really into this book, alright? Halfway through. The pages just go blank. So it's a 400-page book. You're on page. You just finished page 200. You turn over to 201, blank. Huh? It's weird. Next page, blank. Next page, blank. Next page, blank. Next page, blank. And so on and so on and so on. That's what it's like with the Snyderverse right now. It's like, yeah, it's still in that universe. But it's not following the story that it was supposed to follow. You know, it's like, we're taking what Zach had, what he had planned, what he was going to give all of you. We're going to throw it out the window. Alright? He just took gold and threw it out the window to replace it here with bronze. Alright? I'll be honest. I'll be one of the few people to admit this. I did not think that the theatrical cut of Justice League was absolute garbage. I don't think it was. I feel like it was a fairly decent movie. It didn't exactly deserve the crap that it got. The backstage stuff, yeah, deserved that. Um, the whole really Snyder Cut thing deserved that. But it's like all this other crap that it got that was so bad. No, it really wasn't. I mean, yeah, after knowing what Zach's, what is Zach's, and what is not, or, like, more of what is Zach's and what is Whedon's? What is Zach's that was forced? What is Whedon's that he changed slightly from Zach's? Now I can see just how bad that movie looks. It looks like he took pieces of several different movies and made it into one. It's, it's literally a Frankenstein of a movie. It's Frankenstein's monster movie. There. There you go. Oops. 
So, again, while it's not absolutely terrible, I wouldn't exactly call it a movie, a good movie either. I give about 4.9 stars. That's just my opinion. I know some people hate it because they are really into what Snyder does. Um, I mean, I'm just a DC fan. I love movies. I love TV shows. Like, I see next to nothing wrong with the Arrowverse. Which we'll talk about in our next episode. So, I guess maybe that's part of my problem with still liking these movies. That a lot of people don't. Again, I have not seen Birds of Prey. I don't know if I intend to. Um, other than that, I've seen all the other DCEU movies so far. I am 100% in on watching James Gunn's Suicide Squad. I'll tell you why. James Gunn is directing it. He's my second favorite director. Um, Snyder's executive producing it. Which means this can very well be a part of the Snyderverse. Three. Gunn was given permission to kill off anybody. Anybody. We found out in Snyder Cut, Harley dies at some point. Is this her death? Could that be her death at the very end? That's my thing. What if? Like This is kind of my, my prediction. I think she'll die at the end and it'll stop there. And then a pot potential like potential like joker movie with jared leto or a batman movie or something something else would pick up at her death and show you know batman being there and you know harley's saying to to bruce like kill him kill the joker you know something like that you know so that that potential is there not to mention, it's got John Cena in it. I like John Cena. Um, Margot's Harley Quinn. She's the perfect Harley Quinn. They recast her. I'm th- I'm done. If she ever gets recasted, I'm done. It's one thing. She's done. We go a few years without a Harley. And then we come in with a new one because Margot can't do it anymore. That's fine. That is absolutely fine. Just don't recast her. That's my only thing. Anyway. So yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Not to mention, it's the Suicide Squad. It's one of my favorite superhero teams next to the Justice League. So I'm going to watch it. Hate on me all you want. I'm going to watch the movie. And that's that. I'll probably watch it on HBO Max rather than theaters, but still. And with Zach on it, I don't think I don't think it can hundred percent go to the Hamadaverse, or as I prefer to call it, the WBCU, Warner Brothers Cinematic Universe. For those those of you listening here, I just did air quotes. <laughs> so I think as long as Snyder's on it, it's going to follow the Snyderverse at least a smidge. I feel like Aquaman did, even though it went to a more brighter tone than maybe Zach would have done. It still kind of followed that story a little bit. I mean, watching Justice League, you can kind you can kind of tell those are Zach's intentions 
on not doing some of these other characters. Of course, Superman was his. Batman was, well, Affleck's. Um, Wonder Woman was Jenkins. Cyborg maybe would have been his. Although, my reading says that Ray Fisher might have directed or that Ray Fisher would have selected a director of his choosing. And so, don't really know on that. You can tell Flash's suit is like a, a prototype suit. It's not it. So, you can tell from that that Snyder was definitely willing to hand these characters off, to hand these versions of these characters off to a different director to go further into, to form them into, like, the character that they envisioned, just like Zack has done with this universe with Superman. And Aquaman, too. He obviously wasn't this typical Aquaman Atlantean armor. No, this was more of, like, just typical Atlantean armor, almost like day clothes for that. For now, he's in that freaking king suit ruling Atlantis after James 1 takes Aquaman. So, it, it's hard for me to believe that this isn't following Snyder's plan a little bit. I mean, you look at the Lost Kingdom. Don't say he's stealing. Don't say James 1 is stealing from the Snyderverse. He's giving you a movie about something that clearly happens within the Snyder's universe. Maybe it won't just wrap itself up. It'll end on a cliffhanger and then Zack's Justice League 2 would have picked up on that as the storyboards would have shown. Or have shown. So just don't say these movies aren't in there. The only movie I'll say probably isn't, is the one that actually puts itself in his universe the most, and that's Shazam. It shows the whole events, uh, it shows the events of Batman versus Superman and Man of Steel in there, yet at the same time, for one, Superman is in the Superman suit, like not the, obviously he's in the Superman suit, but the like the Man of Steel one, not the black suit, but it looks like he'll be staying in. Um, also, Snyder is not involved on the project whatsoever, which is why I don't count it. That's why I sort of kind of count Wonder Woman 84. I know it kind of contradicts um, the Wonder or um, Batman versus Superman, but not enough to say it's not. So I guess we'll see what the Snyderverse kind of it is going forward. Maybe a little bit more. And just like what movies are actually in it. Maybe Wonder Woman 84 won't be in it. Um, obviously Justice League isn't in it. Um, this current version of Suicide Squad probably isn't in it. James Gunn's Suicide Squad might be in it. Aquaman will probably be in it. Birds of Prey will probably be in it. I think. And the reason I count that is because that's David Ayer who directed the Suicide Squad on there. So there's a little bit of connection there. Where, you know, um, who was the director? Kathy Yan. At least kind of wanted... 
like like she clearly wanted David Ayer since he directed Suicide Squad, which introduced Harley on her project, similar to how one Warren Snyder on his project, since he has the Justice League and Aquaman. Anyway, so sort of kind of moving on from that, let's talk about how I would restore the Snyderverse. And it's actually fairly simple, all right? So just after Comic-Con, well, actually, first of all, at Comic-Con, we do nothing but talk about the non-Snyderverse stuff. So we really leave out any movie that we had, that we planned to bring into the Snyderverse, including the Flash movie. I'd also put out a gag order, like at Warner Brothers, don't talk about what we're about to tell you here, which would be like, right now. That's that. Flash, we'll be bringing Ray Fisher back. Put, like, we'll be putting him back in the movie. We'll be doing some reshoots of things that have already been done to match up with some of the other versions of the movie that are out there. And again, at Comic-Con, we focus on all the non-Snyderverse stuff. Then just days after Comic-Con, what we do is we have a fandom. We call it something like Into the Snyderverse or something, something along the lines of that. And we start off, we announce the new head of DC Films. Christopher Nolan. Or perhaps the new head of Warner Brothers Films Division. I don't really care. I just say DC Films because why not? I mean, of course, I mean, in his contract, he can still do other stuff. This is just kind of his thing. Then we have the main man of DC Films, the head director, the top guy, the guy right under Nolan, Zack Snyder. He will also direct Justice League 2, and three, as well as one other movie that we will not announce yet. Then we bring out David Ayer and announce that this guy will be directing Suicide, Suicide Squad 3 and will be kind of in charge, will kind of sort of in charge of the villains of the Snyderverse. So he's kind of like the next guy in line under Snyder. Then we bring in Patty Jenkins, who will direct Wonder Woman 3 as well as anything that has to do with Wonder Woman or the Amazons. She'll be in charge of that. Therefore, we'll be executive producing a Justice League movie. Then we bring out James Wan, who, similar to Patty Jenkins, is in charge of Aquaman and all things Atlanteans, and will direct, obviously direct, this upcoming Aquaman movie, The Lost Kingdom, as well as a third Aquaman movie. Then we bring out Ben Affleck, who will direct his own Batman movie or so, or solo series, which will probably be, which either the movie will be in theaters or the series will be on HBO Max. My guess. And, you know, he's in charge of Batman. Batman's his dude. Then we bring out James Gunn. And we're like, this guy will be the co-director along with David Ayer, on Suicide Squad 3. That's right, we're bringing them both the best worlds, because Suicide Squad is like, there are two sides in my head of what the Suicide Squad is like. That is, 
their darker side, like they're very villainous, evil, dark side that Snyder and Ayer can do very well. Then they have their other side, which is like their goofier, fun, funner side, because they are bad guys. I mean, like Harley said, we're bad guys. That's what we do. I don't know if I've heard a truer statement. They are bad guys. That's what they do. Yeah, their stories are dark, but at the same time, they're villains. They do what they want. They have fun. So that's why James Gunn and A are we perfect to co-direct a third Suicide Squad movie. You bring in that darkness of Ayer's cut, cut of Suicide Squad. You bring in that lightheartedness and goofiness of James Gunn's Suicide Squad. You put them together for Suicide Squad 3. Anyway, then you bring out the director for Cyborg, whoever that may be. Maybe Brian Coogler of Black Panther. Maybe someone else. Probably, it'll probably be like whoever Ray Fisher desires, along with help from Zach, making that decision. Let's bring them out, you know, you announce like, hey, they're cyborg movie, so I can be heavily involved in this. Moving on. So now how exactly do you execute these movies? Here's my thought. At the end of James Gunn's Suicide Squad, like after it's released to theaters, you know, long enough for most people to have seen it or something like this, you announce the air cut will be released in January and is getting ready. And is getting ready to do reshoots. Not not necessarily reshoots, but more footage for like a nightmare scene or anything else that they want to add. So like sort of like Snyder did. And also, obviously this wouldn't get announced, but I just want to go ahead and put this out there. For the Flash movie, part of like the rewrites, reshoots that they would do, change the story. That way we make, that way we make Justice League and Theatrical Suicide Squad and Wonder Woman 1984. All these movies here, canon, but, but hear me out. Hear me out before you click off. Before you stop, hear me out. Hear me out on this. It's a Flashpoint movie. Okay. So with the help of Cyborg, and then eventually Keaton's Batman, he's able to redo some things in the movie. That way the final, that way the Flashpoint, the post-Flashpoint paradox universe that we're living in now, is where the Snyder Cut is canon, Wonder Woman 84 is probably not canon, Ayer's Cut exists, like that's canon, and this is what we're going with moving forward, meaning this is the Snyderverse, where beforehand it was the Warner Brothers Cinematic Universe. Now it's full steam ahead with the Snyderverse as our main Earth, as well as some one-off projects to the side, such as um, Reeves Batman, Abrams Superman, 
Right. Even Abram Superman could fit into the Snyderverse in a way. If they just do it as like the successor of Superman in some way. Not sure exactly how they do it. I haven't read any of any of those comics like Calvin Ellis or Valzad. So I don't know for sure. Although I know they want they want it to be Kal-El, but you're not it's not going to do well if you're doing that to Kal-El. I, mean, I have no problem with the black Superman. It's just not Kal-El. Don't swap this guy's race. Use use what you have. You have a black Superman. You got two. Two black Superman. Use one of them before you go changing other characters. I mean, like, we now have a Brazilian Wonder Woman, but we didn't change Diana Prince. And I think we could have because she's Amazonian. You know, she doesn't exactly have a certain race to go by. That's the thing about the Amazons. It can kind of be whatever race you want. In a way, I mean, they're sort of like gods. Anyway, now, going on the exact order that I would restore the Sunniverse, of course, it would go with James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Air Cut would release in Jan January of 2022. Then we would have Black Adam coming out later in that year, which would also be part of the Snyderverse. And then we'll do the Flash movie. Or the Flash movie will come out in 2023. Um, also in 2023, Justice League 2 and 3 begin filming. And of course, they'll be back to back. Both expected to be about three hour long films because that's what you're going to need for these two movies. You can't, you can't do the bare minimum of two hours, they gotta be three. So those begin filming. Um, a cyborg project's on the way. Um, also coming in 2023, a Batfleck so or um, Batfleck series on HBO Max, as well as a Deathstroke series on HBO Max. We also get a little mini series on HBO Max, not quite as long, with Martian Manhunter that really explains why he didn't do anything when the Kryptonians invaded or when Doomsday was just wrecking Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. Or really didn't do anything during any other crisis that we've seen. Why did he wait until after Steppenwolf goes away? That's the... So that's what that series would really explain. Of course, that series would only need to be like five episodes where Batfleck and Deathstroke series would be like more of the 12 to like 18 episodes. A little bit more. Anyway, and then we'll also get A Man of Tomorrow that would probably follow. Yeah, that would probably follow release-wise after Justice League 2 and 3. Maybe not. But of course, would take place in between like Man of Steel and BBS or in between BBS and... Or I guess it can't take place between BBS and Justice League. Or maybe what I meant it was like between Justice League 1 and 2. So, see, there's so many ways to restore the Snyderverse here. There's really not a certain way to do it. You just need 
to be careful of what you're doing when you do it and how you do it. You're, you're building a universe. You want to compete with Marvel? Build a universe. Don't just throw crap at the wall and pray that it sticks. Okay? Yeah, make a plan. Yeah, execute the plan. Hope it doesn't go off the rails. And you better not throw away the plan. Marvel has had movies flop. And yet, look. Look where they are. Heck, more specifically, the MCU has had movies not do that well. And look where they are. Especially at the beginning. Iron Man wasn't nearly as much of a success as Infinity War Endgame. Iron Man 2 or The Incredible Hulk weren't as successful as Infinity War or Endgame. You're not going to get these numbers. You're not going to get the success rate that you're aiming for right off the bat. Man of Steel was pretty good. Well, actually, it was really good. Probably my favorite Superman movie, if I'm being honest. Um, Batman vs. Superman was okay. Batman vs. Superman Ultimate Edition was amazing. I almost ranked it up there with Zack Snyder's Justice League because, uh, mainly because of Jesse Eisenberg's Luthor. He did it so well. While he's not your typical Luthor, he really is like a psychopath and yet still sane at the same time. It's nuts, and I like that. See, I'm trying to see if I can remember one of his lines here. Um, yeah. I can't honestly remember one, any of them, but he just did so good at doing Luthor. That we need to continue, and one, we need to continue with him as Luthor, and two, well, he just makes BVS that much better, especially in the Ultimate Edition. Anyway, then we got Zack Snyder's Justice League, which you threw out the window. Which, I mean, Warner Brothers case, they made, they made a plan, they executed it, they wanted it to go off the rails, and they threw away the plan. They didn't expect it to go off the rails. They wanted it to. And then they threw it away. But hopefully Discovery can take it out of the trash and attempt to restore it. Anyway, I mean, you look at Aquaman. It still kind of follows the same lines as what Snyder wanted going forward, it seems. So... Didn't 100% throw it away. It's still there. It's still salvageable at this point. Heck, Shazam can still enter the universe entirely with Fury of the Gods. Black Adam, I believe, will play a major part in restoring the Snyderverse because, well, you don't say no to The Rock. Right? If The Rock wants to work with Henry Cavill's Superman, and The Rock wants to do movies that are based on the events, of Snyderverse projects such as Justice League 2 and 3 as well as an Atom movie or a Cyborg movie then The Rock is going to get what he wants. Alright? I promise you. I promise all of you. The Rock is cooking something up. I smell what he's cooking. You? Alright, that's all we got. That's all I got here for you today. I'll see you back here soon. Just keep watching.